In this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds, Matt Kelly and I take a look at the recent Securities and Exchange Commission enforcement action involving Stable Road Acquisition Corporation and its acquisition of Momentus in a discussion about SEC enforcement actions involving SPACs. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back in with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Today, we're going to take up a topic I've wanted to explore for some time, and that, of course, is SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Corporations. So, Matt, uh, how can we SPAC out today? Uh, Tom, we could SPAC out in a couple of different ways, because first, we have our first ever SEC enforcement action against a SPAC, that has already been settled and announced. That came last week. Uh, And we could also talk about a different type of what I think we will see enforcement actions against SPACs, uh, because also we, over the weekend, saw news that, uh, well, not even just over the weekend, it's been known for a while, that Lordstown Motors, which is an electric vehicle startup that went public via a SPAC, is under investigation from numerous regulators for accounting fraud. And so I think that between what we just saw with a settled action from the SEC and this ongoing investigation with Lordstown, we have uh, current and future SPAC enforcement that we could talk about probably for hours, because I think this is a very rickety niche of the capital markets, and we got a lot of action going on here. So um, you wrote about this, as you said, Matt, and uh, in the one that uh, you took a look at, it involves Stable Road Acquisition Corporation as the SPAC uh, purchasing the technology company Momentus. What uh, got uh, Stable Road into trouble with their initial purchase? Uh, What got them into trouble is that Stable Road, which was a SPAC that went public, I believe it was at the beginning of 2020, um, Stable Road was going or looking around for an acquisition. They settled on this space technology company called Momentus, and uh, they announced a deal in October of 2020 that Stable Road would acquire Momentus, and then uh, the two would kind of fuse, and it's formerly known as despacking. They would despack in a merger, and then Momentus would be a publicly traded company uh, in August of 2021. Uh, except that the space technology Momentus was trying to develop, A, according to the SEC, did not work. Uh, B, Stablecoin did not catch on to the fact that the technology did not work. And then C, the Russian national named Mikhail Kokorich, who is the CEO of Momentus, uh, he had been flagged by U.S. national security regulators as a national security risk, a Russian national should not be owning or operating or controlling a space technology company here in the United States. And Stable Road did not catch on to that either. And the SEC specifically said that Stable Road and Momentus, uh, the due diligence performed was not adequate. And the disclosures then made to investors ahead of this proposed merger uh, were misleading and erroneous. And so the SEC stepped in, and it was a total of $8 million in civil penalties against Stable Road and Pimentis. The CEO of Stable Road, the SPAC, a man named Brian Cabot, um, and the SEC has filed charges against Mikhail Kokorich, who is currently living in Switzerland because he um, departed from Momentus. He gave up a CEO role. Uh, he has not settled charges with the SEC. He is living in Switzerland. There is now going to be a court case pending against him. But 
it's a mess of poor due diligence and poor disclosure to investors ahead of a merger. Um, and that is what the SEC struck upon, is that if you want to do this, you SPAC firm and you private company being acquired, uh, you really do need to be clear to investors about what they are getting. Um, and for those who might be needing some refresher, remember a SPAC is a blank check holding company that raises gobs of money in an IPO first and then acquires an operating company later. Uh, and if you don't acquire the operating company within 18 months, you must, heaven forfend, give the money back to the investors, which of course, if you're a SPAC, that's a no-no. You can't have that happen. So if you are under the gun for this 18 months and suddenly it's 16 months into your window and it's about to close and you need to buy a company, you're going to buy any company you can find. And in corners might get cut and due diligence might get not done. And maybe the disclosures are a little bit fuzzy around the edges, but you got to get this done or else you would give the money back. So there's a lot of pressure or and that's when the loosey goosey stuff happens. And that's the sort of thing I suspect we're going to see more of from the SEC in these pre-acquisition, pre-merger enforcement cases. We've got a whole other realm we can talk about with post-merger enforcement because there's an issue there too. But just right here on Stable Road and Momentus, I think they are emblematic of the kind of uh, nuttiness that we're likely to see with a lot of SPAC deals ahead of their planned merger and de-SPACing. And the SEC has said, this is not easy. Please tread carefully. Take your time. That's not what happened here. And this this is the result. So it's really interesting uh, to tie your blog post, Matt, into an article in today's deal book in the New York Times, where it was announced, uh, I think, a couple of months ago or maybe within the past 30 days that Bill Ackerman's SPAC, Persian Square, Tontine Holdings, had agreed to buy a 10% stake in Universal Music. Um, and uh, bring them into his SPAC. It was an incredibly complicated deal uh, that I won't go through, uh, but suffice to say, uh, I, I'm not sure I understood it and or I barely understood it. I'm not sure which. Nevertheless, uh, Ackerman took the deal to the SEC for blessing and they uh, uh, did not give him that. They said that the deal was too complicated uh, for a SPAC and indeed the investors in the SPAC also um said that uh, objected to the transaction's complexity and structure. So uh, I was a little um, comforted by, I don't know if it was just Ackerman and, and being uh, as an abundance of caution or because he has the, the world's biggest back, but uh, I was at some comfort that at least he went to the SEC. But that really led to uh, my concern that you touched on a little bit in your blog post, which is, um, the SEC may not have enough enforcement uh, uh, representatives or uh, others looking at SPACs from the pre-acquisition perspective, and they might go through. And right now, the poster child for that is Lordstown. So I was wondering if we might spend a few minutes uh, exploring Lordstown and what that might mean for not only SPAC enforcement, but really for investor protection going forward. Because uh, it seemed to me that there were at least allegations, pretty strong allegations of uh, outright accounting fraud in that matter. Yeah. So it, let me talk a little bit about Ackman first and what's been going on with SPACs generally, and then we can get to Lordstown. Um, it is worth noting just the sheer number of SPACs that are out there. 
at any given moment right now in what are we, a third quarter of 2021 here, um, there's probably hundreds of SPACs, not thousands and not eight or 900, but two or 300 at least. Uh, the total number of assets, total amount of assets these SPACs have raised and the investor money they're controlling is huge. And it went from roughly $35, 50 billion dollars at the end of 2020 to well over a hundred billion by first quarter of 2021. I don't know exactly where it is right now. We still have to pull the data together, but you can see that this has just grown exponentially, both the number of SPACs and the amount of money that they're holding. Um, Bill Ackman is, by the way, the largest by far SPAC fund that's out there. He's got four billion dollars. Most SPACs have a couple of hundred million. There's about 10 that have a billion or more, and Ackman is the only one with more than two billion. Um, and also, it's worth noting, Tom, as you said, he wanted to acquire a stake in Universal Music. That's not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to buy a company outright and you're done. So Ackman was trying to do something really complicated. I think he knew that he might get trouble. So let's go to the SEC. You're correct. They didn't give it the blessing. Also, this is Bill Ackman, Wall Street financier. For him, it's like, okay, big deal. I'll just buy it if that's what I want. Because when you're a zillionaire like him, that's what you can do. Uh, for the mere mortals who are in the SPAC world, including all the investors, Tom, you're correct that much more interesting is what I think has happened with Lordstown Motors. They were acquired by a SPAC called Diamond Acquisition Corp um, last fall, and uh, they went public. And they have had a mess ever since. So Lordstown had been accused of erroneous and inaccurate disclosures about its pre-order sales for its electric pickup truck that it has not yet even started making. It's supposed to roll off the plant any day now, but you know they haven't had any actual sales because nothing's rolled off of anything. Uh, but they had these questions, and then they disclosed that yes, our pre-order sale disclosure numbers were incorrect. And we are restating our financial results, which is just a great way to start your life as a public company. In less than a year, you're restating. Uh, and then in June, they said their former CEO and several other senior executives were uh, departing the company because of these fraud allegations. And now they have disclosed that they are under investigation by both the SEC and the Justice Department. So what does this all have to do with the SPACs? My big fear is that we have a lot of SPACs that are going to be racing to do a deal, they are not necessarily equipped or expert at evaluating the internal controls and disclosure controls of these targets. And these targets are private companies. And if they're early stage businesses or they're in high growth uh, phases, they're not caring about internal control or disclosure controls and procedures either. So you have this hurry up IPO thing and then bam, the resulting company is despacked and it's trading in the public markets. And no, they don't have strong ICFR. They don't have strong disclosure controls and procedures. And then suddenly we're shocked and amazed to find some company like Lordstown, which seems to be in a considerable amount of hot water over accounting fraud. Um, so my question is more, how much will the SEC be able to intercept these rickety kind of deals like it did with Stable Road and Momentus? And how much will they wind up having to play catch up as they seem to be doing with Lordstown Motors that they this rickety contraption already went public and then 
Five quarters later, two years later, they have to announce a restatement and the CEO leaves. And um, because nobody had been thinking about strong ICFR in embedding good processes all along. The SPAC didn't really have much incentive to do that. They're incentivized to do a deal. The private company doesn't have a lot of incentive to do this. Their big incentive is we got to get acquired so we can have some stability. Oh, and I can get a big cash payout since I'm one of the founders. Um, and that's my concern about a lot of SPACs. And are we going to see more and more Lordstown-like enforcement actions maybe in 2022 or 23? And I fear that the answer is yes. Um, and I'll stop there for now. But but we've got a lot of potential ways that SPACs can go south, and we're starting to see it now. We'll be right back in just a moment. And I think one of the early criticisms was SPAC was the unaligned or disaligned incentives between those who uh, invested in the SPACs and those who were running it in terms of uh, they, had, as you said, had 18 months to, to spend their original investor's money or they had to give it back so that uh, they could, 16 months, they might be scrambling. Well, now we've, I think, moved into a different phase where uh, even with enough time to look at a deal and properly evaluate it, we're still having them either fail in due diligence or not do due diligence or something else that's causing... Um, it not to work. And I guess now that I've actually heard you talk about it, I'm I'm now fearful that there are other things that are going to come out of this that we haven't thought of yet uh, as well. So um, I hope we get to revisit this uh, this topic down the road. Well, yeah, I, I agree, Tom. And it's worth noting the SEC has been crystal clear in a couple of points that, number one, once the company despacks and is now trading on the public markets, the moment you are trading as a DSPAC company is the moment all the Sox, Sarbanes-Oxley compliance laws and everything else is a public company. You have to comply with all relevant regulations that moment. Uh, you don't get any grace period where we have to figure out our 404 controls or anything like that. That's all expected to be done. Uh, and the SEC has been crystal clear that they have deep concerns about the, like you said, the misaligned incentives here that nobody has a strong incentive to go slow, do it well. Stablecoin is a good example of this, that they originally wanted to acquire their way into the legalized weed business, couldn't find an interesting company to acquire there. So they did this strategic shift. Uh, why don't we go from legalized weed to space technology? And then they did hire a consultant to review the space technology and the tests that Momentus uh, was supposed to be doing, except they didn't tell them, please look at the actual test they did up in the sky in 2019, trying to move a satellite. They didn't tell the consultant to look at that, so the consultant didn't, and overlooked the fact that when Momentus had to really test its satellite technology up in orbit, it didn't work, which they then they failed to disclose to investors that were buying this company with the satellite technology that so far, it doesn't work. None of that happened. Um, you know, a traditional IPO where the private company hires investment bankers and big four and you do all this stuff, that takes 12 to 18 months. A SPAC deal can take as little as three, three to six months. And a lot of stuff gets just chucked out the window and people say, well, how hard can it be? It can be really hard to get ready to go public. And uh, so, yeah, I do fear that the SEC will not 
intercept enough of these rickety deals ahead of time. And then, you know, what's it going to be like by 22 or 23, like two years from now? How many of these are we going to be talking about? Like I said, Tom, before, I don't know, but I will be there with the popcorn to watch the spectacle when it happens. That seems like a great note to end this podcast on, Matt. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. I'm extraordinarily pleased to introduce the latest podcast addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, the ESG Report. The ESG has become one of the most ubiquitous phrases of 2021. I'm therefore starting a new podcast dedicated to that topic. In my first two episodes, it is a one-part premiere where I visit with Tricia Dascom from Silver, and we talk about the regulatory and investment framework around ESG and what that means for the compliance professional. So check out the ESG report on the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you'll join Matt and I again next week as we explore another compliance topic literally going into the weeds. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.